live show called Business Power Hour. I loved the panel presentations we did at the Authentic Seller Summit so much, and I got a ton of feedback that you guys loved them and you loved hearing us just talk about business and chat, and there were so many good takeaways, and it was really fun being live all together. And so I decided to make it into a weekly show. So every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, you can join me inside my Facebook group for a special panel presentation. Today, we are going to play the audio for you from the Power Hour we did last Thursday. If you like this format, come live to the live show. I'll be live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern in the Facebook group with a new panel of experts talking about a new topic every week. It's going to be really fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Hey guys, let us know if you guys can see and or hear us. I'm here today for Business Power Hour. We're back. We're doing every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm putting together a special panel for you guys every week. And I'm going to pick their brains about all the things. And we're just going to talk about all things entrepreneurship, business building. Today, we're going to be talking about failure, recovering from failure, and our biggest business oopsies. <laughs> so hot topic today. <laughs> I'll let um, Melanie, hopefully we can get your camera on. What the hell? Can you I, hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, but I can't see you. So I hope I think it's it says like, I wonder if you can like change your camera, like maybe it's picking up a different camera oh, yeah, we we're doing it we're all here <laughs> i'm so glad yay i was like oh no all right i'll let you guys introduce yourselves and we'll get into it we're gonna just be talking about all the things failure all the business mistakes and I'm gonna peek back the curtain and let you guys learn from some of our business oopsies and what we learned from them and advice for recovering and i'll just say before we start i think it's very normal to make mistakes especially like when I started my business, I had never had a business and I had never been around anyone that owned a business. So I think for a lot of us, like it's pretty normal if you've never had a business, right, that you're going to make mistakes as you're building a business. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to talk to all of you guys about this topic today. I want you guys to go ahead and just introduce yourself. Some of you guys are around because you're like Faith Raya, like my internet. Basically, this is a show where just like my internet friends come on. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> But just go ahead and introduce yourselves in case some people don't know who you are. Allison, you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, I'm Allison from AllisonReads.co, and I've been blogging since 2011, coaching since 2017. And um, so I have a long corporate background before going full time. And I am a business consultant and a mindset coach. So like super grounded in the marketing side, but also have what's called a somatic healing certification. So it's kind of a deeper level of the woo-woo. Yeah. And some of there's a bunch of new people that just joined the mastermind because the doors are open this week. And Allison's doing a call in there every month with her somatic stuff and people are mm -hmm. loving it. So all of you guys that joined, you didn't know you were getting that, but you're getting that. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, Melanie, you want to go? Sure, of course. Hi, y'all. I'm Melanie Childers. I am a business coach for feminist and progressive entrepreneurs who want to grow and scale their businesses to multiple six and seven figures without wearing themselves out or doing non-ethical sales stuff. We can Not talk about some of that. Lazy little sure. monsters, lazy little right? internet marketing monsters. Right. Totally. hundred <laughs> um, percent. 
And I hang out at melaniechilders.com is my website. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the, all the places you can find. Yeah, awesome. For the most part, yeah. And then what about you, Nisha? So my name is Nisha B. I am a life coach. I was an educator for about 30 years with a background in educational psychology and counseling psych and behavior support and inclusion and all those kinds of things. And then I decided to take early retirement and become a certified life coach. And so I use a combination of modalities, um, including ACT, to help women who struggle with anxiety and stress prevent burnout. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about like business mistakes with you guys. I wonder if you'd be willing to share, like, is there anything when you look back, like I always like, well, there's lots of things, right. But I'm like, is there anything when you look back where you're like, I would not have done that <laughs> like, if I could do it again. And then I would also love to hear from you guys. Like, how do you recover from those moments and like do you have advice for people when we have a moment where we're like you kind of get to the other side and you're looking at it and you're like yeah I wouldn't remake that choice <laughs> like if I were like to put myself back in the time to, I would like do that different like how do you advise people cope and handle and like process that when you're starting to realize like oh maybe you've made a bad financial investment maybe it's a bad time investment maybe it's a bad partnership maybe it's a bad like marketing like some of my marketing I think a lot of us have had this this experience recently where it's like I look back on some of my old marketing and sales and I'm like that was I wouldn't do that now like that is kind of sleazy or that is like this person was doing it and everybody was doing it but I sure shit wouldn't do that now and like having those moments where you have to kind of look at yourself and like be able to take ownership I'd love to hear from you guys if you'd be willing to share if you've had a moment like that, and what would you advise people do when they're kind of processing through all of that? Um, well, you know, I there are some investments that I've made over the years that I have for a while that I've regretted, but then I always look back on them as learning experiences, right? Like you, when you talk about um, business practices that you've used in the past, those are great opportunities for, think, for, for us to think about ethics, right? And then it helps us to define us. And in the end, one of the things that I think is really important for us to do, uh, whether we're in business or not, is to have um, our own definition of what success and failure are, because we don't want to be living by other people's definitions. And what I really loved, I have to say, I love the way you call this. Um, I love the contrast in the topic because you can hear the harshness in failure, but you can feel the lightheartedness in oopsies. And I think that just goes to show, right? Like that just goes to show the range of possibilities. Like we can think of failure as something really horrible, or we can think of it as an oopsie that we learn from. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'll tell you, can I ask you something? Mm -hmm. I've been processing this a little bit, or I'll ask all of you guys. I've been processing this like lately, because I look back on some of the investments, especially investments I made like last year where I was like paying for a lot of high-end masterminds and I would not choose to rejoin those again if I look back. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of, I think there's a lot of people that were in those groups with me 
and they feel like they're like, but I, I learned so much and I got like these thoughts. And so it was all worth it. But there's part of my brain that wants to think like that was a bad investment. Like I'm not totally on board with being like, no, it was like mm -hmm. all worth it. Right. And so I'm just wondering, and I'm really wondering for myself and for other people too, like, I'm sure you guys maybe feel like that about a course you bought or like, if you've bought something and you're kind of like, I don't think that was like, I don't think the marketing was in alignment. I don't think it was in alignment where, where I was. I don't think I got like really what I was wanting. Is it useful to like, is it useful to acknowledge that in some way and be like, I think that was a bad investment or do you think it's like more useful to try to find like a way where you can get your brain on board with being like, no, I actually did get things out of it. Like, what do you guys, mm -hmm. I just kind of hijacking the conversation, but I'm curious, Nisha, what you think? Cause I am like kind of going through that a little bit right now still. Um, I think that in the moment, and I think it's part of the process, right? So I think in the mm -hmm. moment you like, like I remember feeling horrified at some of the decisions that I made. And in that moment, they were, they were probably terrible de decisions, but I think the only way that we can end up making the most of them is, you know, deciding how we would like knowing that we would not do that again is that's information. Right. So I think yeah. sometimes it's really easy to be caught up in the excitement of, of these kinds of programs that, you know, that promise results and then don't deliver. Um, and like, I know that I am much more cautious now about how I invest my money um, and the programs that I invest my time in, because, you know, time is an investment too, and you can't get that back. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's, I think it is important to recognize that, that it was a bad decision and then, you know, okay, it's a bad decision. Where do I go from here with that information? Right. That set boundaries. It's like, yeah, it, yeah, I can see that. It definitely gave me clarity about. Uh -huh. who if I were to work with someone again like who I would want to work with yeah. and and it made me kind of like take a step take a step back right and I think I actually ended up like trusting myself more too because I like made that investment where I was like oh, like I don't like think that was like a great use of money looking back on it like mm -hmm. that's what I think about it if I'm honest right but I also feel like it's made me kind of be like you know what Faith like you have all the knowledge you have all the tools you cannot just keep looking for other people to like tell you not tell you me what to do with my business but like it was kind of made me like have to stand up on my own where i think i was trying to get money and like almost like looking for somebody that knows better to run my business and mm -hmm. it kind of made me take ownership of like no this is my business like nobody knows what's better for my business than me like I'm the one that has to call the shots at the end of the day and I'm the one that has to live this business mm -hmm. that I build for potentially <laughs> the rest of my life right so anyway I do think in that way it was useful what about you Melanie have you had like an experience like that where you're like oh I would not remake that decision and like what advice do you have for people that have been through or are going through something like that right now in their business? Yeah, I definitely had those like over investing. That was a note that I took for myself is like, we need to talk about this over, over investing. <laughs> I especially I had some thoughts on that too. I know, same. Um, especially if you're a coach, we tend to over invest in coaching and I've been, I've done it too. And and, and did it last year and the, the four years before that. And like, I feel like I'm just kind of recovering from that. And I think it's because we know how powerful coaching is. And so it's real easy to go, well, coaching is the answer. So let me go get more. Um, at least that's my experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I've definitely been in, you know, programs or bought a program where in, in hindsight, I'm like, that was not the best decision ever. And to me, it's like, there's the acknowledgement of like, okay, I made a, a not great decision. I don't ever call my decisions bad decisions. Cause I don't judge myself that way, but, but I will call it like, okay, that was maybe not the best decision at the, in the moment. Um, but then I look at, okay, what led me to make that decision? Why did I make that decision? And I also go and look for, okay, if I, if I were able to get a dollar amount that I spent on this decision in lessons from this decision, how could I do that? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I look at, like I made a $25,000 decision and I got, you know, when I went and looked at, you know, it wasn't an experience that I wanted. Um, okay. How can I get $25,000 worth of lessons from this? And a lot of them were like, here's what not to do lessons, but I still call those valuable. Um, and then the way that I think that, you know, to recover from things like that is, is a, just a buttload of compassion. Like, just be so nice to yourself. Like we all make not the best ever decisions ever all the time. It's a business. It's made on you know, it runs on decisions. They're not always going to be good ones. So just being nice to yourself in the process and having some compassion for like, yeah, of course. And here's why. And here's some lessons that you got. And here's what to do different next time is so much more useful than being a jerk to yourself about it or like holding on to it like a, like a grudge for a long yeah. time. Like that's just not super useful as far as like when it comes to like you as a human running your business. Yeah. I love that advice. And for anybody watching too, like I have a lot of like course creators and just small business owners, Etsy shop owners, as well as like coaches and service providers, right? In our community. But I would say to you guys, like, I think that's really good advice. Just if you have made an investment like that, like maybe you bought a course and in your brain, you're like, this was kind of dumb or it wasn't really what I thought, or I felt kind of misled or like whatever. But then like what Melanie's saying, like, can you circle back and be like, is there a way I can get some type of ROI here? Even if it's just looking at it being like, okay, well, this is a, a experience I want to make sure my clients don't have. How can I make sure? Mm. Oh, did I go away? There we go. Well, I don't know what just happened. My computer, I think was like restarting. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I thought the whole stream went down, but is there a way I can like circle back and get some type of ROI out of this for myself? Even if it's learning like lessons about what not to do and experiences you don't want to have for clients, or is there like one module in there that was good? Could you go in and like squeeze that out? It's like, just try to like, we're here. Right. And then I think too, like closing that up, because that was something that I did, especially in the beginning of my business is I bought some kind of smaller programs, but they weren't exactly what I needed. But I had kind of in the back of my mind, like, like, ugh, like sometimes I buy things that are stupid or like, oh, it was just kind of like an open tab all the time. And when I was able to close that up and just be like, no, like there's some investments that are great and some investments that aren't going to be great and that's in any business and it's fine it's not actually a problem i don't need every investment to be like the most incredible thing in the world i can still get some roi from it some of them will be really good um and that kind of like i was able to stop leaking all that energy energy because before that it was like open in the back of my mind all the time of like oh, I shouldn't have bought that. Or I would go look at a new program and I'd be like, but I bought this other program like a couple of months ago and like, you know, yada, yada. It was just like leaking my my energy. And so I think 
that's really great advice, like what Melanie was saying, because it allows you to kind of get some closure on it, right? It's like, go in, yeah. get some ROI and close that shit up. So it's not leaking into your future decision making either. Yeah. And you're not spending a lot of time in, in the shoulds. And, and even thinking like, oh, well, I have to finish that program to get what I got from it before oh, I buy the next thing. <laughs> it's like, or maybe you don't, maybe you look at like, what did I already get out of it? And can that be good enough? Yeah. I think that's really great well, advice. It can be the gift that gives on, that keeps on giving, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you process it for a while, um, you move on and then you go back to it like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. And this is where my boundaries are. This is what my, these are what my values are. I've made, I'm now making better decisions or decisions that I'm at peace with. Um, Cause it's not like that event is ever going to go away. It's always going to be there. Right. But it's always something we can look back on and, and learn from, I think. Yeah. And what about you, Allison? You have an experience or anything you want to share or like any advice for business, <laughs> business <laughs> oopsies and failure. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, one of the biggest like mistakes I think I've made was also over investing. So I won't harp on that too much, but just, I basically got addicted to masterminds specifically and really outsourced my power to the point where like, I'm also like, again, super grateful for a lot of the knowledge that I gained. And also I think a lot of the big income months I had early on were because I was putting that external pressure on myself. So there's like, there's a good side to it, but I also did that too much and kind of, and now like still recovering from like trauma in my business basically. Cause I was just, my nervous system was super dysregulated, but I think the thing I, to kind of just add on to that conversation of over investing, it's like a bigger conversation of just ignoring or disregarding my energy or my alignment. And so that came like, that's part of what caused me to overinvest Cause I was like, I associated a certain feeling in a sales call with like, Oh shit, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. Cause I, like that, like this kind of like fear-based decision and pressure thinking that that was what alignment was. Um, and so then, you, that's interesting to me. So you thought that was like up-leveling, like that kind of conflict. Like you were like, oh, this is like, yeah. Like I invested. So you're like, your intuition's like, no. And you're like, this is how I know to do it. <laughs> the first time I did that in ROI, like I yeah. had invested a $9,800 mastermind and it was like a super masculine mastermind, but the, the mindset teaching and it was really good. It was really transformative for me. And so then, but then like 2020 happened. And so I just got, and in, in one point in March, I was had like three coaches at one time and I was making good money, but I was also like just kind of grasping for comfort and reassurance. And so that was like two years later, I finally learned about the nervous system stuff. But what I didn't realize was that the need that I had was to feel reassurance. And rather than like resourcing that in my body, I was like, paying a lot of money to have to help people tell me that it was okay. And then like going back to what you said earlier about like, is it okay to do do on our past investments? Like, or do we have to be find gratitude for all of them? I think it's really important to like be honest about like, that did not feel good. This wasn't helpful. Like there's only two or three masterminds I bought where I like really like if I hadn't signed an NDA, I would write a blog post about how bad they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were like really terrible, but I think there's a difference between for me, there's a difference between realizing it wasn't a good investment and then figuring out what's aligned moving forward and then resentment. Because I had some resentments that built up too. 
And so like channeling, like, I think it's fair to be angry if you feel like you were misled or if you feel like now I have to recover from this bad advice or it's okay to be angry, but redirecting that anger instead of resentment, which of course like hurts us, redirecting it to me being a protector for myself and like a guardian. Um, so that's been a helpful reframe for me of like, it's okay to be angry and frustrated that this was not good. And, but I'm not going to resent that person. I'm going to move forward and turn this energy into like protecting myself. So that kind of came up for me when you guys were sharing. Yeah, that's, I really love how you said that. I hadn't thought about it that way. Cause I do have, I'm like a little bit cynical, right? I'm not like <laughs> super, I'm always like, I'm good at the mindset coach. Cause I have to be to like live with my like garbage, like brain I was given. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like someone that is just like, not always on board with being like, Oh, I got I paid and I got $25,000 lessons. I'm like, that's not what I bought. Like, I didn't want to buy $25,000 of lessons. And it pisses me off. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about it. And so I like the idea, though, what you're saying of like, can you like redirect that energy to like protection? I think that's like a really like I would like I like the idea of giving it something useful to do. It needs a job. It needs a job. Yeah, it needs a job. Like yeah. totally. That's what I was picturing when you were talking. So I think that's I'm going to I'll take you up on that advice. That's good <laughs> advice, I think. I'm curious like you guys both brought up overspending and like what this is like the the question I get a lot is like how do you know? And what happened for me too, I had a similar experience I think to what Allison had in some ways where in the beginning of my business, I got ROI on everything I bought. Like it was crazy, right? And so because I was so used to investing in $1,000 courses and $2,000 courses and getting just getting that money back and then that multiplied and like, you know, it all was like good. It was very easy for me to make the leap when we started doing more sales of like, oh, you should just invest more and buy these more expensive programs and you get more ROI. It was like a super easy leap for me to make. But I think I, it's interesting because I think, too, there's kind of like a limit, right? So you kind of will find something that works. And then sometimes I think it's very natural for us to like error on the other side, right? Where I was like, oh, I found like buying programs and hiring coaches works for me. Let me do more of that, right? And it, it ROI'd. I think, Allison, you said that this to me on a call. You're like, it, it worked until it didn't. That didn't work. Maybe the next one will work. And that didn't work. But now we're like, <laughs> those were both really expensive. And now we're in the hole. And so like, you can invest past the point of being financially safe. And you can invest past the point of being safe in your body. And so like, you have to know what that feels like. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask is like, how do you know, like, when we talk about overspending, it's like, how do you know if you're overspending or you're just making like good investments? Because I've made some investments in my business that were great, but at the time it they felt a little barfy to me, mm -hmm. like, right? And I've made investments that felt really great when I bought them and ended up being kind of laughable, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say that nicely. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But, but what advice do you guys have for like figuring out how do I, how do you figure out like what works and what doesn't? And how, like, how do you know if you're overspending or not just investing? Like, I feel like that's such a hard line for people to walk. I'd be curious if you guys have any thoughts on that. Did you know that Uber just had its first profitable quarter ever? 
That's no, I love that. I love that. I, wow. it, I, I heard that story. And on one hand, I was like, oh, that's kind of encouraging that like this huge company has been around for so long and they just literally reported their first profitable quarter ever. But then there was another part of me that was like, but they could do that. And like, we can't all do that. So I think like when I'm coaching someone on like what, what to invest in, even on like a sales call, I'm, I'm thinking about like, okay, if you, if you have kids and no other income and you've got to put money on the table tomorrow, you need to probably be driving for Uber or delivering pizza and not spending thousands of dollars on a business coach. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, but then I'm really curious because I think for me, I'm still figuring out like, well, I know for me, like I just have a, I know what my capability is now. But yeah, I'm curious to hear other people's answers on like, how do you know, like what's, yeah. Like I spent, well, like I worked with a financial advisor and I just spend a percentage of profit on coaching. Mm -hmm. So I literally, like we looked at the numbers, like and based on, I made a financial like business decision. Like I just was like, this is like about our profitability not sales revenue, you guys. Melanie and I were just in a group earlier <laughs> talking about this where I was like, 100K in sales does not mean your business is profitable and it doesn't mean Doesn't even anything. mean you're paying yourself. <laughs> what about yeah. for new people, Faith? Like, new people don't, aren't making any money yet. Like, how do they decide what to invest? Yeah, I think what you're saying, though, I think you've got to be able to decide. You have to be able to decide, I think, well, I love the nervous system stuff you talk about, right? Like, how much can I, like, emotionally withstand to risk? But I think you have to understand, like, especially in the beginning, like, I've been using this example a lot because Matt and I just bought an investment property that's going to be, like, a short-term vacation rental property. Um, we're putting the money into the house. I'm not expecting that to be a profitable investment right away, right? Like, we had to put $100,000 to buy the house, Right. It's not like I'm expecting like next month for that money to come back. That was money we had. It was money that we had and we could afford to put it in the house for a, for the foreseeable future, right? Probably we probably won't get that chunk out until we sell it, right? And so it's like do you have like do you have access to money that you can afford to go sit in an investment that you might not be able to get paid out from right away? And like if the answer is no, I think it's like I've seen people in my programs do things like she was like, oh, I started like babysitting so I can afford the mastermind or, oh, I sold like whatever, something I wasn't using so I could buy the mastermind. And they went and got other money so that they could put it there in the business. Right. But it's like if we need that money for bills, I'm not going to be buying real estate. Right. In the same way, like because I'm not going to be able to get access to that money right away. Right. The same way I think about it the same way with business. It's like if you're buying programs, it's like that. I think can get you an ROI in the future. And like, I think you need to invest in programs and help to be able to get the business. Like I do believe in that. I do think the information is on the internet for free, but I think you're going to have a hard time curating it and sorting out what's bullshit and what's actually real because there's a lot of that on the internet too. Like, I think that those kinds of investments and in like learning the skills you need in marketing and sales um, and being really great at getting results for whatever you're doing, developing great products. Like, I think all of that is worth investing into. But it's like, if we need that money for dinner, like, don't spend that on the programs, right? It's like, it's like, if Matt and I hadn't had money for the house, like, to invest, we wouldn't have bought the house, we had money that needed to go somewhere or that we could afford to put somewhere for a while. Right. And so that's kind of how I think about it. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but don't ever like risk. Don't ever put yourself in financial 
risk. Like that's always my advice is like, no one is looking out for anybody here. Like people, mm -hmm. they will let people rot on the street here. And that's the truth. Right. And, and it's like, you have to look out for number one. So don't ever put yourself in financial risk in like chasing some opportunity because it could, it could return, but it could also take a lot longer than you think. I assume every investment we make in the business is going to take way longer than I think be way more expensive and be a lot harder. <laughs> so I make every investment just assuming that I'm like, if this is ends up costing me more than I think, and it takes longer and it takes more energy than I think it's going to. And it's way harder and it takes longer. Like, can I afford to do it? And then I'll do it. But if the answer is like, no, then we don't do it. Right. So and even even when I was overspending, I wasn't spending everything in the business either. I just want to be clear about that just for for you guys. It was like that was. I don't know, not disposable income, but it was money we had. I had a 200 and something thousand dollar a year business when I was doing that. I wasn't doing that with a $20,000 or $50,000 a year business. So I just want to like be clear about what's happening. But anyway, I, I, I am curious, like, what do you guys think about that? Like, Melanie, what do you advise people that are like new? How do they get in the game? If it's like, well, I don't want to overspend. You guys are telling me not to overspend, but then you're telling me to invest. So like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And my experience from working with so many business owners, like that first 25K, if you're, if you've just made like 10,000, 20,000, $25,000, stick with programs that are less than $2,000. You're going to get plenty of information, plenty of the skill building that you need in those programs. You don't need a $25,000 program. Do not invest everything that you've made just to be in the room with somebody that you adore and think hung the moon. Like, love them, but save up for that. And then like when you're up to say 50, then you can start portioning out like what percent of my business every year do I want to spend intentionally on the skills that I need, the coaching that I want. That's That was a, a mistake that I made. And I, I call it a mistake. It wasn't, you know, how I feel about that judgy word. But it took me a $40,000 worth of investments before I made my first 100K. Mm -hmm. And some of those are are things that I wish that I had not done. And so it's like, it, was it worth it? Yeah, but that was a four-year process. It wasn't like 40, I handed somebody, you know, a check for 40 grand. It was like a four-year process of investing and getting certifications and like, you know, joining masterminds and joining programs and all of these things. And I eventually got the ROI, like you said, like, absolutely, it was worth it. But be smart. Like, I wouldn't spend more than 10 to 20% of your guesstimated income every year on coaching specifically. I, and that's someone who highly values coaching, who buys high ticket coaching, who sells high ticket coaching, but just please be smart because you're not going to necessarily be or have the things that you need to be qualified to get the most out of a high ticket thing when you have made just a certain amount of money. Like, I think if you've made 100K in a year, you're probably ready for the next room, but you may still not be. So still be smart. Still like look at, okay, what's 10, 10 to 20% of 
my, my budget for the year that I want to spend on coaching. Cause I've definitely gone way over that and been like, Oh wow. Now I'm scrambling. Now I have no profit. Where'd my profit at the end of the year go? Oh, I gave it to somebody else because I thought they had all the answers and they didn't. Cause most of the time they're like, well, what do you want to do? Because <laughs> if I knew what to do, I would do it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's what I ended up doing. So I hired a financial advisor and she actually does a call in the mastermind every month. So you guys will get access to her if you're in there and she's amazing. But she looked at my business numbers of what we were doing every month, how much overhead we had. And we just made a decision based on math about like what percentage of the profit do you want to reinvest in coaching? Right. And I basically gave myself a budget um, and that's felt way better to me because before it was just like I I was making more and more and more money all the time and I was it was just going right out it would none of it went into my bank account it was yeah. just like there was always someone that I felt like was gonna have the answers or someone that was promising me something and I had a lot of cash coming in and it went right out and that's what I was saying in the group that we're both in is like just because someone says they've done 100k in sales or i've seen i've also seen i've seen some shady shit in this business right like i've also seen coaches be like oh i had you know 100k launch but i know they spent more than a hundred thousand dollars on facebook ads so just because they did a hundred thousand dollars in sales doesn't mean that they made any money <laughs> yeah sure. and then they'll run all over the internet and be like oh i had a hundred thousand dollar launch i'll teach you how to do 100 i'll teach you my 10k month but yeah. that's there most of the time I think this is getting less so, but most of the time that's only sales numbers that doesn't include any expenses. So it yeah. doesn't tell you if somebody's just telling you their sales numbers to me, that's a red flag it, it, as a business coach that tells me nothing. Like, I'm like, I don't know the health of your business. I don't know if you're profitable. I don't know like any, anything about your, if your business is successful or not based on like, Oh, I did a hundred thousand dollars in in sales because that number is not a good indicator of how a business is doing overall. And I didn't realize that when I started, right? And so I thought I was like, oh, all these people are making all this money. And then when I started freelancing and seeing behind the scenes of some of these businesses, I was very surprised at like how little profit they were actually making. And so just have your eyes open with stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't think I, I really love the coaching world, obviously, and like have had a lot of great, it changed my life, right? And it I love our community that we have here and I've met so many great people, but you have to just be very discerning, I think, about the flash, especially the flashy numbers and stuff like that, because mm -hmm. it's not always what it looks like when you're, and when you're new, you don't know that. You're like, oh, they're, they did, they did 100K this year. Like they're doing really well. You know, somebody could do 100K in sales and be paying themselves nothing. nothing. Yeah, like we've seen it. I've seen it, right? You know, I think All that, right. sorry. No, go ahead. I was, you know, I think that it's really important to be aware of marketing, right? Like we know the power yeah. of marketing. Um, yeah. There are books that you can read to, you know, to sort of arm yourself. I think one is called Influence by Robert. I can't think of his last name right now, but there's this book called Influence and it tells you, you know, it it, it shows just how easy it is for us to be taken in by marketing. And it's not because we're stupid. It's not because, right, we don't have critical thinking skills. It's because it's designed, marketing is designed to, to pull you in. So I think that um, you have to be aware of how marketing works. And, and because of the way marketing works, I think you also have to give yourself a cooling off period, right? Like mm -hmm. I, what, this will reveal my age a bit, but I used to, um, 
I used to make a list of records that I wanted to buy so that something would come out. And I'd really like, I could feel that urge. I really wanted to go down to the store and buy it immediately. And I'd like, okay, no, I can't afford to. I'm going to just put it down on my list. And if it's still on my list in a week or two weeks or like in a month when I've heard the song 15 billion times on the radio, then I'll go and buy it, right? So I th it was, for me, that was my little cooling off period. Do like do a way of resisting the urge to do an impulse buy. Um, and I think the other thing that helps is being really aware of your values and not just like in your head, ab an abstract way of knowing what your values are. It's like actually concretely thinking about what's important to you, um, examining it closely. Like I know that my values are caring for, like the number one thing is caring for my family. And so anything that might get in the way of my caring for my family, I, do, I don't take a chance. And it's only because I've really gone through um, thinking about the impact that the things that I do have on my family, right? And so if anything I do is likely to cause me a lot of like uh, overwhelming stress or anxiety or any of the things that I know um, turn me into somebody you don't want to be living with, um, I don't like, I just don't go for it. I just don't go down that path because um, an unhappy Nisha is not a good mom. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, so like, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. I did a lot of values work in the last few years and, and that's what kept coming up, but I really had to sit down and think about it. And then now when I set goals for myself, I always have my values in mind. Like what, what are the pros? What are the cons? How would this impact my family? How would this impact my health? Right. Like I'm 55. And so I have, like, I'm thinking a lot more about, you know, I want to be around for a long time for my kids. This isn't just about business. This is also about family, right? Like what the, in the decisions that I make always have an impact on my family. And I don't want to regret those kinds of decisions, right? So um, there's some things that you can process or learn from, and it has no impact on anybody else. But there's, there are things that we do that do have an impact on others. And I think that's something to be mindful of. Yeah, I think I love that that you shared that. I think that's really beautiful just about making decisions in align, alignment with your values. And I think something that can be useful too is like kind of deciding ahead of time, how am I going to decide what to buy and what not to buy? And I'll tell you guys, there's always going to be stuff <laughs> like, like, I'm like, when you're having an online business owner, and I'm like a business coach, right? Like, people are always selling you things like people are mm -hmm. always going to be selling you things there's always going to be like the next big shiny launch waiting like there's always going to be another thing coming out so i think having kind of ahead of time a process for yourself about how you're going to make decisions about what to buy and checking in right when you're doing the fomo or we're impulse shopping just being like mm -hmm. is this in alignment with my values like is this how i said i was gonna make decisions like is this something i was really wanting to invest in um what advice would you have for people that just feel like like i've made a bad investment and i just like don't feel like i can recover like somebody who's maybe new and maybe they kind of tried to get in the game, but it's not really working. And now it's like, everything feels like it's kind of falling down. Like, how do you get back up on the horse? Like after you, I know, <laughs> listen, you've made some big investments. I don't know. Melanie, I'm a, like, we've all made like big investments where it's like, it takes a ton of knocks you for a second where you're like, okay, we got to get back up on the horse here. I can't be like shy about putting money into my business. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I think for new people too, it can feel 
really disheartening if you make a wrong step and maybe invest in something that's maybe not exactly what you needed or not exactly what you thought you were getting. How, how would you advise people to like kind of regroup and like move forward after something like that? I'd say one thing is like being patient with yourself. I think I wrote a post about this this week where I feel like inter the internet would have us believe that you are either successful quickly or not at all. It's like, and yeah. I have <laughs> like, I feel so much better when I stay in my own lane and just stop comparing myself to anyone else, including clients. Like I have a lot of clients who make less than me and I have clients who make more than me and like not comparing myself. Like I know what I'm capable of. I stay in my own lane. I, my soul has a very different purpose than anybody else's. And just like, so being patient and then just like radical compassion and self-love like mm -hmm. i think we're going back to everything we said earlier like like making sure that you're not resentful making sure you become your own protector establishing safety again and both practically like oh shit i'm not gonna make this money back let me go find it somewhere else and then establishing safety in your nervous system because there is there's like two ends of the spectrum you can go on where you like over invest or you like never invest ever because you're just so afraid of not getting back and like neither of those mm -hmm. feel but yeah. being, like, being patient and staying in my own lane has been so healing yeah what about you melanie what advice well, you have for people that are like trying to kind of recover maybe from a little oopsie <laughs> um well i left a very high ticket group after four years and i felt so many horrible things after I left. I felt very disillusioned. I felt very frustrated, angry, sad, resentful. And so I just want to say like, don't filter yourself. Don't immediately go try to, you know, have self-compassion or like find the lessons, like be mad. If you need to be mad, feel whatever it is that you're feeling and allow yourself to work through that first. And however long it takes, it takes. It probably took me a solid year to stop being mad. I was like, okay, well, I just need to be mad for a little while. It's fine. That's not to say that I didn't still show up to my business, that I didn't still do some things, but it took me a long time to really work through the disillusionment really more mm -hmm. than anything. Cause I was like, wow, okay. Um, maybe this is not what I thought it was. And so I had to go intentionally look for, but what is still good, even about what I do? What is still valuable and ethical about what I do? What is what is the way that I want to do this based on the experience that I had and the way that I feel? But that took me some time. And so I just want to say, like, have compassion for however you feel and let yourself feel it. Don't try to, like, put a silver lining on it. You don't have to. Let the storm happen so that then you can do what you need to do to recover, whatever that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. For me, it it was some, some therapy with some friends. It was some, I didn't try to coach myself out of it. I was like, nope, these are my feelings. These are my thoughts. I'm going to let them be. I'm happy with them. I'm not going to try to change my mind. And I would, I would offer like, let yourself feel all the things and then, then start layering on the kindness. How can I be kind to myself in this moment? How can I learn from this if I choose to you don't you don't have to you can just be mad if you want to it's fine <laughs> yeah <It's> fine. 
I made a business mistake recently. I talked about it on the podcast that was probably like definitely my most definitely one of my most embarrassing mistakes I've made publicly in a long time where we started a summit on Juneteenth and I got a message from a woman of color saying like, you know, hey, like I'm just really nice too, just saying like, oh, you know, I'm disappointed and it felt I just felt I'm not and I'm not saying like, oh, poor me, like I've said that on the podcast like I would not have made that that decision again and it was a mistake and I'm not in any way like being like like no I 100% should not have, have done it that way and I wouldn't redo that again but something I think that comes up for for people one of the hardest things for me as far as making mistakes is like when you hurt other people mm-hmm. and like I wonder if you guys have any advice about that about like if you have sold anything maybe that and like misled people by accident or if you've ever done something like 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 that you know that was just inconsiderate to the women of color in my community like god it just and how do you recover from mistakes like that and reckon with like sometimes we can end up hurting people like even when you don't mean to, right? When you're a business owner and you're a leader and you have clients and you're selling things and people are giving you money, I think that can be really scary for women, especially like, what if my stuff's not that good? Or what if, you know, I say something and it offends someone or I hurt someone and I don't mean to, or what if I make a mistake? Like, have you guys had anything like that ever happen in your business where you've hurt someone else on accident? Those are the worst. Those are my biggest regrets in the business are always like where clients have ended up getting hurt in some way by something I've done. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, um, so I, I, lo- I loved your example because, you know, as a woman of color, I do get hurt by other people's <clears throat> business decisions sometimes. And um, so what I usually ask of people is to first to not be defensive. I know it's um a natural instinct to Mm -hmm. to you know to want to defend yourself to want to affirm that you're a good person and that you would never ever hurt anybody and but the the reality is that you have hurt somebody in in cases like that right so i always ask people to not get defensive to be humble to be willing to learn um and and then on my side i try to recognize that people are on a journey it's a cliche but it's also true right people on a journey they're always learning and so um and so if you can see that they're learning and that they want to do better then um then that's just going to land so much better right and so Mm -hmm. if that's the way that you handled it faith then then that's great because you know the last thing you want to do is when you're hurt is to go and and talk to somebody about um, you know, you don't want them to end up making it about themselves instead of repairing the hurt, right? So I think that's what we do as business owners as well is when we make a mistake, when we screw up, we have to, you know, admit it, admit to it, grow, become more aware, um, figure out what we can do to repair or to alleviate the harm and then do better. And I think that, you know, people just end up respecting you more for it, right? Yeah, I think my experience with that too is like my brain totally did what you were saying where it was like, no, 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 like we were going to post about it and like, you know, and then I was just like, I just like stopped and I was just like, 
like, what if I'm just wrong? Like, I was just like, just like, let's just like think about this for a minute. And I just went to a place where I was like, what if she is just completely right? And I'm just completely wrong. Like, how could that be true? And then I was like, I totally see what she's saying. Like, it does look like that. And it is fucked up. <laughs> and we pushed the, we ended up like pushing everything back a day. And it actually ended up being better, I think, for, for everybody. It was like embarrassing for me because I publicly had to be like, this was a, a mistake I made and we should not have done this. And this is what we're going to do to fix it. And that doesn't feel, it doesn't feel great at all. But I think what I'll say to you guys is like, I think, like when you that's what like leadership is like if you want to be out here and you want to be leading people and you want to have communities and you want to be doing this stuff it's like sometimes you have to be able to publicly own that like we made a mistake we should not have done that and like it was wrong and like you know this is how we're gonna try and handle it moving forward and adjust as you go right but i think i just want to offer that that there's always like room there's always room, I think, to fix things, right? Like there, like that was a mistake we made, but it was like, okay, like w how can we try to repair some of this hurt? And that really means a lot to people when you do that. Mm -hmm. Like when you're willing to just be like, hey, I fucked up, I'm gonna try and make it right. I really think that's what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. Like most of the time, they're not looking for us to be perfect all the time. And that was, that part of it was actually really helpful to me. Yeah, because that's what you end up dreading. Like, if you're the one that's harmed, you end up dreading having to bring that up with the person that harmed you, right? Because you mm -hmm. know there's a really good chance they're going to be defensive. So when I bring up things with people, if they respond with a, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, I didn't realize, that immediately, like, I can, I feel it in my body, right? I feel like the, the I'm tensing myself for possible confrontation and defensiveness. And when they're able to own it and apologize and then say, this is how I'm going to change things. Uh, like you can, the, the response that I feel is, you know, I'm, I end up having a lot of respect for them and wanting to, you know, continue the relationship. I feel like yeah. we could have a whole series of just as broken down by different types of mistakes. Cause I feel like we could <laughs> this one for the whole time. I, I hired an inclusivity consultant at one point and because some, some somebody wrote on instagram if all of your coaching clients look like you like there might be something off there unless it's intentional like obviously like i have a client who coaches people like her for a very specific reason but um but especially for a white person like if all your clients look like you you might want to think about what's going on there and at the time i was like really heavily prospecting and i realized that I was only prospecting people who look like me because I was making assumptions about people's ability to invest. Um, our host has left the building. Hey, we lost your video. <laughs> I'm sure she'll come back. But uh, that was really eye-opening and then just had to make the change. Like, luckily, mm -hmm. I wasn't, it wasn't the thing I had to publicly apologize for. But I also think I made a lot of mistakes and especially early on how I marketed. I'm not sure my the way that i've like made it right was just changing you know not putting pressure on people trying to be authentic to what feels good to me um but that's another mistake that I'm not sure like if it requires the same kind of apology as the other things we're talking about but well you know we all get to evolve right yeah we all get to change we get and and i just that's why i think that humility is so important right yeah. on both sides for everybody, right? Because um, 
because if we spend all our time in defensiveness and confrontation and accusations, it's that's not that's not much of a life to to lead, right? So, yeah. um, and if we're always trying to protect our self concept, that's what I find is the biggest thing. A lot of time, people are if you say something that if you point out something that they might have been doing wrong, and then it's then it's attacking, it's potentially attacking, you know, their concept of themselves. And it, we all go around thinking of ourselves mm -hmm. as good people. And, you know, most of us are, but um, being a good person, I think also includes the ability to be humble and, um, and the ability to evolve. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. I've definitely made those mistakes where I accidentally hurt a client mm -hmm. and like I applauded their bravery for bringing it up to me and thanked them profusely for bringing it up to me. And then it's like, yeah, you, you take ownership of what happened. You apologize and you ask, how do I repair? What would reparation look like to you? Do you want to? Sometimes they don't want to, they just need you yeah. to know. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and, and then they're like, yeah, you can have a real honest and vulnerable and difficult conversation. But I think, you know, for, for me, like I have I also had to work through my defensiveness first before I mm -hmm. could even respond because I don't want to show up to that because I want, I'm mm -hmm. thinking ahead of like, how do I want this person to feel when I respond? And it's not from defensiveness. It's like, yeah. how would I want to be treated? So let me show, let me show up that way. Mm -hmm. And repair is really important to me as well, because I've had so many experiences where it was like, nope, you're cut off. Nope you're out. And it's like, okay, I guess, I guess me saying a thing just burned a bridge, even though that was not what I wanted, but okay. And it's a really unpleasant experience. Mm -hmm. And so like, like coming from that perspective of like, how can I make this right? How can I take ownership? How can I continue to evolve and do better? That is always what I think is the, feels like the right thing to me in my experience too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we never know what's going on for the other person, right? So sometimes sure. if, if, if they've set boundaries around what they're willing to accept and, you know, or, you know, they're protecting themselves a lot of the time, right? Yeah. But sometimes they're not. <laughs> it can it can be, you know, it can be something else as well. But sometimes it's just people protecting themselves. And maybe yeah. it's better for us to also be thinking that way. They're just protecting themselves and I shouldn't take it personally. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's really important, even when it is personal, you know, mm -hmm. when it's like you did a thing, it's like, and yes, and I can take ownership of that. Yeah. And I can say, I'm sorry. And I cannot make that wound who, how I think of myself, you know, I don't yeah. necessarily have to stab myself for it. <laughs> yeah. Or lay down in traffic and also yeah. owning your part. Cause I'm thinking as you guys are talking, like I've had clients who I had client situations where I made them unhappy and it was like, okay, we need to fix this, apologize, take ownership. And I've had at least one that came to mind now where the client I felt like wasn't really in integrity with the complaint that they were sharing. Mm -hmm. And I did end up like releasing them because obviously we couldn't work together after some of the things that she said to me. Um, but when I went back and looked through our communication, I did feel like I was in integrity. And so just because a client is unhappy, <laughs> Faith just commented in the chat, my internet went down. I don't know if I'll be able to get back on. Um, but just because a client is unhappy, like 
we can take radical responsibility and clean up our side of the street and let us own our part and not the other person's part. Yeah. You guys want to share our lead magnets and then I don't know if we can end this because we're not the hosts. We'll just abandon it and then we'll let <laughs> they figure that part out. Let <laughs> they figure it out. Um, okay. So, well, I've got, I'm offering a, a self-assessment. So it's called, are you doing what you need to do to prevent burnout? And it's meant to help folks take a step towards learning how to deal with their difficult thoughts and feelings so they can achieve their goals without burning out, hopefully without burning out. And I've included a chart there that um, clarifies some of the similarities and differences between stress, anxiety, and burnout, because I find that we tend to use those words interchangeably a lot of the time um, without necessarily knowing exactly what they mean. Um, and, and then I guess I'll say where I can be found, nishabcoaching.com. Um, I am currently rebranding and relaunching my website, but I do have a coming soon page with my Calendly link available there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me. Well, I can go next. Um, yeah, easiest way to find me is just allisonreeves.co. Um, I do free workshops. I was doing them monthly. We're now doing them periodically, but it's allisonreeves.co slash workshop. And those are like live interactive workshops where I'm usually talking about some kind of combination of marketing and mindset. But the easiest thing to do is just to go to allisonreeves.co. And I also have a quiz um, called the Wealth Wound Quiz, where you can figure out your biggest money mindset bottleneck. And that's like right near the top of the page. And all my socials and everything are linked over there as well. Oh, that's awesome. I am at melaniechilders.com. And my special free thing for you today is a training called the Consensual Sales Framework, where you learn how to sign your next three clients without feeling gross, spammy, or salesy. Mm -hmm. And that can be found on that front page at melaniechilders.com, as well as all my socials. And I have a couple of other free trainings there as well. Thanks for having us, Faith. It was really nice to be with all of you. Yeah, I just want to say, um, I mean, I came because because I love to see Faith in action, and I really appreciate her business ethics. And so even though she's not here right now, I'd like to thank her for the opportunity because I just love the way that she, um, she uplifts other women. And I appreciate her honesty and integrity. So 100% agree. Awesome. Cheers, Faith. We'll see you later on the internet. Thanks, Faith. Bye. Bye. <laughs>